Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bond. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me tonight is not AJ. Unfortunately, he is uh, out on the IL tonight. Not with the shoulder. He's out sick. Uh, but joining me is uh, Mike LaPlante. What's going on, man? Not much, Joe. Just living life. How about you? Hanging in the man. Had a uh, good night at my at my daughter's softball uh, end of year party here. You know, they won the I'm championship. Sure was, I was just going to say, I'm sure that was a celebration. It was, it was good, man. All the, you know, we, we were all feeling pretty good. It was at a local brewery. So had, had a couple before the show. So I'm feeling, feeling pretty, feeling pretty good. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, looking forward to getting to tonight's show. We're going to be jumping into our division previews and, um, <laughs> to do that, we're going to be AJ. jumping in. <laughs> You're all sick. Go to bed, AJ. <laughs> he's, he's to the left of me or the right of me, however you want to look at it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's down there. Um, and, That's oh, true. oh, me. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right. So let's, uh, yeah, like I was saying, uh, to, to help us with our division previews, the first one we're doing tonight is the AFC East preview. It's going to be Mr. Troy King. Bring him in here. What's up, Troy? What's up, guys? How y'all feeling? I appreciate y'all inviting me. Hey, man. Happy to have you on. I know this is uh, at least the second time on the show. So, uh, yeah, second time. Yeah, yeah, so glad to have you back, man. You uh, you are now writing for the football guys. Uh, you're moving around. Yeah, I, uh... man. I'm with the football guys. You know, it's been, it's been awesome, man. I've been there for, for a little bit at this point. A couple years ago, you know, when I first started, I wasn't with him. But for I've been with them for a little while. It's been awesome. Joe, Joe's great. Yeah, man. He's, he's a good awesome guy. Team. So, yeah. I really I really like being part of the team. He's got the name Joe. He's got to be a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely like that, man. So, uh, all right. Well, I know I'm probably the only one drinking, or I know I am. But I'm still going to do it. So, we're going to do our beer of the week. Mm, beer. So, uh, not that I need it anymore because, like I said, I had a few at the brewery celebrating the uh, championship. But uh, I'm drinking a Flying Dog. I kind of like the bottle, man. It's kind of cool. It's a cool bottle. It's called Nuclear Smile. Um, That's a hell of a name. It's a hazy double IPA. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, so I wanted to bring this one on. And do it. It it got a. Uh, I believe I gave it. I hadn't looked, but I believe I gave it three and three quarters on Untapped out of five. So, the solid above average IPA for me. Um, Cheers. You got you guys are just sticking with the H two O, right? H two O. That's fine with me. Hey, I got a little bit of that too, but uh, I'm I'm representing. Yeah, I gotta represent. I gotta represent the brand. You know. <laughs> I gotta represent the water boy, Bobby. <laughs> so. All right, Troy. So tonight, man, we're going to be covering our AFC East division preview. And, you know, we're going to go – how we do these is we go position by position. Uh, kind of rip, rip, rip through some ADP and then just do some questions uh, specific on players and, you know, maybe some team-based depending on the, on the team. But first things first, non-fantasy football-related question here. We do, we do throw these in. The Bills are the hands-down favorite to win the division, but are they, in your mind, the hands-down favorite to finally get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC? Super Bowl? Oof. That's a, 
that's a tough expectation. I'm not going to put them in the Super Bowl just yet. All right. I still look. I feel like the. I think they have a very good shot at it, but I feel like you know. I know obviously Tyree's not on the Chiefs anymore, but the Chiefs are still a very good football team. I feel like you know. We got the Bengals. Like I don't see them. Do I see them going back to the Super Bowl? Probably not. But like I just have it's a tough road, man. It's a tough road to get back there. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I think it's gonna be tough. I, I think the Ravens are gonna be better this year. Um, as long as Lamar can stay healthy. I know they gave up Hollywood, but you know that that team was good because of the run game, and and they I feel like they're totally dedicated back to that again. Um. You know, I don't think this division is going to be as much of a cakewalk as it was last year for them either. Um, and then obviously the Bengals are, you know, are going to be, you know, right there. There's a lot of good teams. You know, I mean, Oakland could shock some people. You know, they like, brought in a lot Oakland, of guys. Oakland, it's it's not going to be a cakewalk for them, but I do think they are the favorite, hands down. Uh, yeah, but I I think they're. they're I think they are. I think they are up there for sure. Um, so they're, they're definitely going to be the odds on favorite. They'll probably be the, you know, fan favorite as well. Um, it's tough though. I mean, you look at the, a run like the Patriots made, you know, in the, in the decade of 2000s to 2010s, they made it look so easy. It's not, I mean, it takes a lot of discipline. (laughs) I mean, a lot, like I've been, I've been watching the, uh, the, uh, documentary, you know, with Tom Brady, you know, man in the arena yes. and just the, just how much they explain all the discipline, the, uh, the drills, the, the tape watching, it takes a lot and you got to have commitment from the full 53 man roster. That's a lot. So it's, it's not an easy task. Well, yeah. And, it, and it's not just that it's like, I mean, you've got to have the veteran presence. You've got to have, yeah. you know, the, the guy, the leaders on those teams, right? You can't just come in and go, Oh, I mean, I've got all the talent in the world. This is easy, right? I mean, come on. We all knew Tom Brady came in. He wasn't the best football player in the world, but he became the GOAT because he just kept busting his ass. And so, yeah, yeah it, it really is. It comes down to really just working hard and learning and, and scheming and things like that. And so um, – It takes the perfect storm. 100%, 100%. So – Let's jump into our quarterbacks as we are talking about those right now. And this division, right, the, the QBs right now uh, led heavily by Josh Allen with QB1 on, on ADP. We got Tua Tagovailoa, QB17. We've got Mac Jones, QB23, Zach Wilson at 24. You can kind of flip-flop them, them depending on which which ADP you look at. Um, and then, you know, I threw in Teddy Bridgewater, QB38, just because – never quite know with Tua, right? Like it Tua's no or Teddy's no slouch. So like he's not getting drafted. We just gotta think about him. But um let's talk about here Josh Allen. Start off here with with the uh the number one quarterback being drafted here. And you know, in your mind, you know, is he the unquestioned QB one or is there somebody else that you would legitimately consider drafting ahead of him? So I would say that he's definitely the QB1. However, I, as in terms of drafting, I'm not going to draft anyone over Josh Allen. But you can make an argument that Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, or Lamar could finish the season as QB1. I'm not going to draft them over Josh Allen, mm-hmm. but I feel like any of those guys have the upside to finish the season as QB1. But no, I think... Josh Allen is definitely my QB one. Like I, I wouldn't draft any of them over him. Though. Now, let, let's take it a step further, right? So his his ADP is QB one. You wouldn't draft anybody ahead of him, but would you actually draft Josh Allen where he's going? Which I believe is like endish of second round, maybe no, I not. super. Okay, <laughs> now yeah, stay, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of with standard you. One QB league, absolutely not. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, he deserves to be the first quarterback off the board, but I can find other va- QB value later on in the draft. I don't have to reach for a Josh Allen because even because I feel like his margin of QB one isn't that great for me to justify taking him that early. And I agree. Mike, any, any other thoughts there? 
Uh, no, it's probably just the safest decision. I mean, since Mahomes, you know, coming off a 50 touchdown season, it's just he seems so safe with his rushing floor that he adds in. I mean, he gets, uh, I believe it was six touchdowns every year since he's been in the league, uh, just on the ground. Um, that adds such a high floor. And now that he's finally putting it together, as we can see th- through the air, he is now offering twi- quite the tremendous ceiling. So, yeah, no other comments after that. <laughs> nice. All right, man, you're going to lead lead the next one there, man. Go ahead. All right. So going on to Miami here, I mean, obviously the big news was, you know, the big trade for Tyreek Hill in the offseason. You know, now that they're kind of loading up to uh, trying to trying to put him in the best situation he's been in since Bama, you know, having all those weapons around him. Um, what do we what should we expect from Tua now, Troy, that he has all these weapons I think Tua is definitely going to surprise some people. Do I think he's going to finish as a QB one? I feel like he. I feel like most likely he's going to finish as a high end QB two, but he clearly has the upside, right? I mean, in my opinion, he just has to be a better version of Jimmy G in order to have that upside, right? Because McDaniel, he's coming in there for you know the first time. He's already emphasized the run game. So the things that Tua hasn't had in his career has been a consistent run game and a solid offensive line. So they improved the offensive line. The run game should look a lot better than it has in years past. And I feel like that's going to take pressure off of Tua as well. If we're able to consistently run the ball, you'll see some play action. And not just that, it, I feel like his job is easy, right? All he has to do is get the ball in his playmaker's hands. And when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Mike Gusecki, even Cedric Wilson, it shouldn't be too hard. And Tua, we know Tua is accurate when he has time to be accurate. He's not being harassed by the mm-hmm. defense. So he just gets the ball out of his hands quickly, gets it to his playmakers. They can do the rest. So I believe that Tua is going to surprise some people, and I think he's going to finish as a high-end QB, too. It's possible he could sneak in to the back end of QB1, but I feel like that's going to be his, that's his ultimate ceiling. I'm not going to go that far just yet. I want to see him play on the field. So I feel comfortable saying high-end QB2. I, I kind of look at his ceiling kind of like – um. He can be a little bit better Kirk Cousins, kind of that guy that just yeah, I've always that come fringe QB1 every year. That I feel I feel you. I, I'm, I'm just with you on that because that is kind of his ceiling right now until he can show us more. Yeah, it, it's tough with him. Like You just have to hope that he can actually throw to Hill better than that uh, that video where, where the Dolphins were like, hey, man, it's, 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 it's rocket time. Like, come no, on. Look, look, it's practice. <laughs> and here's the thing about it also, it's like, Two wasn't two wasn't one. He's not as bad of a deep ball throw as people say he is. But also, the offense itself is not going to require him to have to throw deep no. every single play. Most of the plays are probably going to be short to intermediate with the occasional yep. long bomb. Right, and Tyree Kill is more of a well-rounded wide receiver than when he first entered the league. So I feel like you're going to be able to use Tyree in a bunch of different ways. And same with Jalen Waddle. But I think two is good enough to get the ball where it needs to go. He's very accurate. So that's also going to help. But, yeah, I think Tua's going to definitely surprise some people. Yeah. Cheers, Dylan. Cheers. Uh-huh. Dylan went drinking, but cheers. <laughs> uh, all good. Uh, yeah, so so let's step over to uh, the Jets. And, and I want to say uh, we got a fan here waiting in the room. So uh, go Jets, I guess. Uh, so Zach Wilson, right, is, is the quarterback there for the Jets. And, I mean, he had a – a fairly strong finish to 20, 2021, right? Um, you know, can do you see him taking the next step forward and being at least a reliable enough quarterback where like the weapons are going to be more reliable, especially now that they've got a couple extras this season? Yeah, I feel like Zach Wilson's also gonna. I think he's gonna take a step forward because yeah, like the Jets did what they needed to do to put to set up Zach Wilson for success. So uh, when you have the Brees Hall, which should improve that running game, which should, obviously that's also going to help the quarterback. And even though this is less sexy, because we know about they brought in Garrett Wilson, they have Elijah Moore that looked good before the injury, but they brought in, you know, they paid money for tight ends, CJ Zamba and Tyler Conklin, even though mm-hmm. they're not sexy names, I believe they're also going to help, you know, sometimes tight ends are quarterback's best friend, right? There's, Sometimes you look to him as an outlet to take pressure off. So I think 
they're trying to do what they can to help Zach Wilson. And again, he looked awful last year. He looked terrible. So in my opinion, he's not going to look worse than he did last year. So I think the ceiling and hopefully we also see him use more of his legs because we know Zach Wilson has that ability to, you know, rush. Mm-hmm. He's not like Lamar Jackson, but he's mobile. So hopefully we can see more of that too, which is going to also help his overall fantasy, you know, output. So I'm I'm actually weirdly intrigued by the Jets. They're a young team. I think they're raw. I don't think they're going to be good, but for fantasy, I think we could see a couple of players put up some solid points. I will say this, man, and and because I, I mentioned the strong finish a lot, he was QB thirteen the last five weeks of the season. Wow! Like, yeah, it shocked yeah. me when I saw that numbers. I was like, wow. I mean, I know it was that okay, but QB thirteen that that's all right. Exactly. So I'm saying, I think <laughs> you'll take it, man. And I, I like him. You know, you said like Mac Jones and him are back to back. When Mac Jones is before him, give me Zach. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Wilson, hundred percent. I just Mac Jones just feels like a guy. So vanilla. Like, He's just very yeah. vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> He's the next Philip Rivers. <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't. If he can be Philip well, Rivers, I meant, I meant fantasy wise. I meant no, like I just vanilla. Phillip I don't know. Rivers. I think I think Philip Rivers was really good there for a That's long right. time. Okay, <laughs> towards the end of his career. Yes. He's just safe. I feel like Mac is safe. He's gonna. He doesn't have any upside. I expect that offense is gonna be run, run, run. He's gonna dump the ball off, you mm-hmm. know, to his tight ends and all that. But it's just. He's just not sexy at all. He's like your QB fifteen to seventeen range forever. Like I know him yeah. as being a QB one unless something drastically changes. Yeah, we're we're seeing here uh, Jets O line could be top five. I mean, they yeah they drafted some dudes. Improved it too, they so they improved that too, and he had no wide receivers. Although hey, more more came on like a beast, dude. And Corey Davis was no slouch. He was just a little banged up, but and, they had and now they brought in Wilson. So yeah, I, I dude, I like I I do like the upside. Like I said, if you're getting to that range, especially that QB two range, and you want to go for like a home run ball, I I wouldn't bat an eye taking Zach Wilson. I really wouldn't. Um, but Mac Jones is literally just kind of like the whatever. And like, there's a reason why we don't have a question on him because, and call him, there was a game. There was a game he threw the ball three times, guys. Sorry, I'm sorry. I don't care it's how much like, it was snowing or not. It I doesn't matter. Say, here's the thing. Exact will. I mean, so Mac Jones, like he he gets. I feel like he's a solid NFL quarterback. Like I feel like he's going to be good for the Patriots in terms of running whatever system yes, they're going to run. Now. I agree. But for fantasy, it's just like. Unless it's super flex, I'd have no interest. <laughs> like if you have super flex, every quarterback's valuable, but in one QB leagues, absolutely not. Like there's just no unless every quarterback in the league is hurt somehow, then yeah, I'll look to him. But nah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's gonna take some uh, some adding of the more weapons to really give him a ceiling, probably because the. They, I mean, I don't see them throwing at all with the weapons they have currently. I mean, it's going to be like 70, 75%, 70% run, I feel like. We want to control the tempo. It'd be definitely interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah so let's let's jump over to running backs here and um, just ripping through the ADP here real quick. So Brees Hall is leading the way, Mr. Rookie. At RB22, Damian Harris for New England, RB26. Devin Singletary, RB32. Chase Edmonds at RB34, new to Miami. Uh, we got Michael Carter, RB35. Stevenson at 41. Mostert, new on Miami as well. That's a theme. <laughs> RB51. Miles Gaskin, RB59. James White, 65. And Sonny Michelle at RB69. Also. James- James Dude. Cook, I think, is right around Singletary, too, I think. Oh, did I miss him? My bad. Dude, no, I was no trying to do this before I ran off to the party, but... Uh... <laughs> James, but I'm pretty sure James Cook's ADP is, like, right where... He might he might, he might, might be. I, I'll have to pull that up and, and, and correct myself on that. I apologize, but... Um, yeah. Well, Newman, Joe. False. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, James Cook is looking like he's he's ranked at 40. This pulled up the wrong stupid link. Oh, that's not helpful. Now I'm just making things I mean, worse. I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on all these running backs. Like, <laughs> yeah, because I feel like it's such a it's, it's it is be such a crap shoot here. So um, yeah, so he's he's actually. Because I'm using the sleeper ADP, he's actually RB thirty six. Yeah, that's I feel he's like he's right he's, after Carter. 
So good call on that one. I just completely just like glossed over him for some reason. Um, but yeah, so there you go. All right, so Mike, first question, man. Yeah, so obviously we know Jets. They got the rookie sensation out of Iowa, Brees Hall, to you know electrify that backfield. You know, in the addition of Michael Carter. Um, that's the question now with Michael Carter. He was kind of the bell of the ball last year. Um, I mean, didn't have the highest draft capital. Um, but now Brees Hall coming in with second round draft capital. Um, what do we expect, you know, kind of workload between these two? Yeah, it's Brees Hall's taking over, man. I feel like Michael Carter, he's going to get worked in. He's not going to just ride the bench, but I feel like the op- Brees Hall is going to get definitely the higher opportunity share. I feel like he's going to, because you could use him. Because you could use him in the pass game as well as, you know, in first and second down. He's just a complete back, right? And you don't spend that draft capital just to not use him. And we, we know he's talented. So I feel like the Jets, he's going to be huge for the Jets. I think Michael Carter, I've heard people say he's going to be on third down maybe. Like, he's going to get mixed in. But I just feel that Brees Hall is going to take over that backfield. And I don't know how much of a workhorse he's going to be. Like, I don't know if he's going to, you know, be on the field, you know, 90% of the plays or whatever, but I feel that he's he's young, he's well-rounded. I think he's going to really, really help the Jets out. I'm excited to draft him. Yeah, I guess um, one little sub-question would be, you know, how would you ex- – because there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. I mean, like you, like we said, we they added Garrett Wilson. They still have Corey Davis there. Um, I always love mentioning my guy Braxton Berrios. He's just—he's a—he reminds me of a Wes Welker type. But they got a lot of—they got a lot of weapons there. Um, so, do you see those weapons kind of taken away from that? Like you said, that workload um, term, even making it to be that tier one. Uh, I would say that I don't know if he's going to be that tier one this upcoming year. I mean, maybe the users, but the way that I see it, right, is that. I think they're going to, based off what we saw last year, right? I know that, you know, Joe mentioned that Zach Wilson was QB 13, you know, towards the end of the season. But I think that you draft Brees Hall to also take pressure off of Zach Wilson, right? You don't Mm -hmm. want him to be just dropping back and just chucking the ball down the field, you know, every every play. So you're going to use the running game to ease pressure, right? So you're going to use that play action, whatever the case may be, just to take pressure off of Zach Wilson. So I think that, Brees Hall's going to be just fine if I had to say a finish. I think he could be flirting with RB1 if he's just everything that everyone hypes him up to be his rookie year. Possibly maybe doesn't happen until next year, but I think that he's going to get enough work where he's going to be extremely fantasy relevant. I think Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson are just talented, so they're going to get theirs anyway. I'm sorry, Braxton Barrios is going to probably. No, you're right. <laughs> and it's like, you know, like, they brought in the tight ends too, so they're going to see a little bit of work. But yeah, I feel like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall, those are the guys that are really going to eat in this offense. Yeah, I know. And you're you're right. Braxton Barrios, he'll forever live as a DFS option. <laughs> I, I maybe, maybe it's because I clouded by the fact that I drafted him in in a dynasty league last year, but I, I just find it hard to believe that Michael Carter is going to just like disappear in this offense. Uh, I think he could turn into like a James white type of player, which is Hopefully. still valuable. That would be his best case scenario. Right. Though. Like, like, come on, come on. We've got like a JD McKissick. We've got Naeem Hines. We've got James white types of players. I think Michael Carter could easily turn into that. And, the dude can run the ball. Like, I mean, they're not going to be able to run the ball 20 times with Breeze Hall. Like, he's going to have to get a, you know, he's going to still run the ball, like, what, five times a game? And then you throw him six to seven passes a game. He catches four or five of them. That's a that's a healthy number of targets and touches every game. I still think he's got some value there in 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 fantasy. So I don't write him off completely. Um I just I watched him too many times in college with you know and I know he was sitting there with Javante Williams in, in UNC, but I say time and time again if Javante Williams had not been there and Michael Carter had been the top dog in that offense, we'd be talking about Javante Williams. We'd be talking about Michael Carter like we do Javante Williams. He's I still think he's that good. Um, I really do. Um, and when he was given the chance last year, he kind of proved it. But 
Let's move over here to your Miami Dolphins. And as I kind of alluded to here in the ADP rundown, this is a very, very, very crowded backfield. Yes. So I think everybody clearly thinks led by Chase Edmonds. But, I mean, who are you trusting out of this offense and why? So it's going to be a committee. So first off, another thing I'm going to say is, all of these backs are not making a roster, right? The Dolphins are not going to go into the season with Edmonds, Mostert, <laughs> Michelle, Gaskin, and they also have Solomon Ahmed, right? Right. I didn't even to... mention him. I just like yeah. I'm done you, talking you about the Dolphins. Him, right? <laughs> you, you don't need to mention him. Like they're not going into the season with all these running backs, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. they just signed Sonny Michelle. So I think the only one that's guaranteed, guaranteed, is like Chase Edmonds, right? You mm-hmm. know, no matter what, he's going to be making the team. Most start most likely because there's familiarity with the system. Sonny Michelle's a solid running back, too. Miles Gaskin, he's young. He's talented. I feel like he could fit into this scheme. But, again, there's going to be an odd man out. I just don't know who yet. I think Chase Edmond is the RB that you want. We, we've seen in San Francisco how they focus on the run game. And Mike McDaniel mentioned how this offense is going to run – through the run game, right? Obviously, you got Tyreek Hill and mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle, but it's going to be a run first team. And I think Chase Edmonds is going to be the lead of that committee. And hopefully, also, he gets targets. We've seen him be a solid pass catcher out of the backfield. And also, I think there's a reason why you bring Chase Edmonds from Arizona to be your RB1 because McDaniel had to play him twice, you know, twice every season. Yeah. When he was with San Francisco, so to me, there's you saw something in him that you wanted him to be your lead back. So I think that's something that's also I, I try to take that into consideration. I just think that he's a solid running back. Like is he is he a superstar? No, but I feel like in this offense, I think he can succeed. And I think like, let's say they keep like a Sony Michelle, for example, he would make more sense to like use on the goal line. So maybe he'd be like a goal line vulture if he happens to make the team and like Moster, we've everyone's seen Moster. when he's healthy he's a home run hitter anytime yeah. he touches the ball he's yeah. a home run hitter it just we have not seen him stay consistently healthy i believe he's 31 so he's not going to get the volume to be the rb1 it's more like he's just gonna have to be extremely efficient so i'm a little bit worried like it, it like if you're doing zero rb that's someone that you might want to target <laughs> i've done it i've done exactly. it i've 100 done it for yeah, that exact it, reason yeah, my my thing with this backfield is like, can any of these guys play special teams? Because if they can't, you're right. They're not going to carry three, four, five running backs every single week. Not to this caliber running backs, right? They just don't do it. Teams exactly. don't do that. Um, like, like so somebody's got to step play. up and do like punt return or something, right? They, but I don't recall any of these guys doing that in the past <laughs> well definitely not going to be chase edmonds we no it's not going to be it's not going to be chase edmonds i don't think most makes sense i mean i think he's done it before but like is he going to do it now maybe it's just hard to i feel like miles gaskin Ahmed, they could play special teams like they yeah. played special teams before like that would make sense like they can sony michelle i don't see sony playing special teams so Maybe, but I don't know know if in his career he's been a special teamer. Like, he never had to be a special teamer, so. Yeah, um, I don't know, Joe. I mean, with the familiarity and, uh, you know, of, you know, these 49ers coach, Mike McDaniel, coming on over, bringing the system with it, kind of just gives me uh, a little bit of, you know, an idea. Like, I kind of want to listen to uh, Jeff. I don't want to just take the lowest valued ADP running back in this offense. <laughs> you know, just take the Jeff shot. Jeff Lambert, the- yeah, Jeff Lambert yeah. from Yeah, yeah. I, I feel you. I, I, yeah, it's just enough. But because it's hard to invest in somebody you really don't know what the workload's going to be. It's probably why I mean, I'm just not going to invest in it. To be honest <laughs> with <true>. you. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going super high. Like I feel like with the 49ers, at least, right. He always had one guy every year because they blew up the year before that was going pretty early, right? And so, and then everybody was like, "Oh yeah, he's the guy, he's the guy." And then, you know, two years ago that was Mostert, and then that bad bombed out. And so then it was like, I forget who might have been Jeff Wilson last year, two years ago, and then last year was Elijah Mitchell, and everybody was going to Trey Sermon. And it was just kind of like, uh, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> so so exhausted trying to figure that one out. So that's why I. You know, I think these guys are kind of 
zero RB ish only type of guys that I'm interested in. I don't really want, I don't want them anywhere else. Maybe some best ball. That's about it. Yeah. I, I don't really want them for a redraft because then it's like, good luck. It's almost like New England, like in years past, like, good luck figuring out who's going to be the guy for even 49ers. Good luck figuring out who's the guy every week. I mean, I feel like Elijah Mitchell, I think he's still the guy, but I understand the, the I know what you're saying, what you're saying, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, speaking about the Patriots, I mean, we can move on to our next guy. Yeah, here. absolutely. And I feel, I feel okay. like uh, we were even talking about him last year um, when I was setting up these uh, show notes, kind of, you know, around the same question. Is is Damian Harris the running back to finally trust in, in New England? Or, you know, is it going to be one of these run, running backs, you know, multiple ones they drafted this year? I think or like a Ramondre. I think it's still Damian Harris's backfield. He's another guy where I believe if you're going zero RB, target Damian Harris. Stevenson's going to get – here's the thing. He's not – all the running backs are going to get work. Stevenson, I feel like in his limited opportunities, like he looked good in some games, right? He looked very capable. Mm-hmm. They used him on the goal line, so he could be a little bit annoying. Pierre Strong, they got, you know, Kevin Harris. They, they, they still got James White on the squad, so that's very crowded. Now all of them are making it, the, the whole special teams, just like we were talking about the Dolphins. Someone's going to have to yep. play special teams. But I feel like Damian Harris, we know he's on lock. He's the lead of that committee. I think he's the most talented running back on that squad. So, you know, if you're doing zero RB, that's somebody I'm going to be targeting as well. Late rounder. Um, I, I, I can't disagree with that. You are going to have to deal with your weeks when Ramondre uh, – Vultures Damien a little bit, but I mean, Damien has the same ability to vulture Ramondre. Um, so it, it works both ways. It's just kind of, it's, it's like you said, zero RB target. Other than that, I mean, I'm not really looking to go into my season with Damien Harris as my RB1. No, absolutely not. But I, I will say this about New England, right? And because and, we talked about it with Mac Jones, right? This is now becoming a team where they want to rely on the run a little more. Yep. It's almost yeah. like the early days with Tom Brady, right? They they couldn't rely on Brady to really just like fling it around like he did later on in his career. Like earlier on, like you could rely on some of those running backs, mm-hmm. right? A little bit more. So now you're kind of getting back to that to where like, yeah, they're not studs, but Damian Harris is plenty fine as like a zero RB or, you know, an RB you know, back in RB2, RB3 type of guy. Uh, I mean, he, he had some pretty nice weeks, finished off pretty strong uh, last season. Yeah, it, they're going to mix him in probably a little more than you, than you like, but I, I still I still really do like Harris, and I kind of think he actually could be a little undervalued in, in drafts because I think he's slightly safer than some of those other RB2s that are going around around him right now. Like, I just... Like, he's, I don't, he's in that he's in that Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt yeah. range. It's like, yeah, right? And you're kind of like, man, like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not feeling it with, with some of those guys, you know? Like, do you really want CEH over him? Because that's who's going in front of him right now. I don't. Um, see, so yeah, he's, he's... I think CEH is going ahead of him. Slightly. But, and it, like, hey. Miles Sanders, like you said, like, there's just guys you're kind of like... Eh. <laughs> like, Damian Harris is just—I mean—he's going to get all the goal line work there. It feels yeah. like so. I—I'll be happy to just lean on you know ten touchdowns, which feels like it's <laughs> kind of easy for him to get. But all right, man, let's uh, let's jump over here to Buffalo. Finish off with them and and Devin, Devin Singletary is another guy who who finished off pretty strong last year. Um, seems like he's the. Well, at least before the draft, he was clear favorite. And then you reminded me about James Cook. Uh, <laughs> like, botched the ADP. But I still think Devin Singletary feels like the guy there. Um, Zach Moss has just sort of been pushed aside in everybody's mind. Um, so do you think Devin Singletary will will be the easy RB1 for the Bills? I think Singletary is going to be the one that gets the rushing work. I think he's going to be the one that is on the ones and twos. And then I feel like even though Josh Allen's quote-unquote the RB1, maybe we see him more in terms of the goal line, and maybe that's when they might trot out Zach Moss. Who knows? But James Cook, we know that they drafted him for his receiving ability, right? He He's versatile enough where you can also use him on first and second down, but I feel like he should be exclusively – the third down back because he's just that impressive of a pass catching yes. running back. But I say also in PPR leagues, 
it's tough, right? I think the, you're probably going to want to lean Cook a little bit more, but I think that Devin Singletary is not going to go away. I think towards the back half of last year, he was impressive, and he looked really good. I think mm-hmm. if, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I think he was you know, flirting with RB1 if he wasn't an RB1 towards the back half of last year. He was just, again, scoring. He was just looking like everything that you've been hoping for him to look like. So I think – None of them are going to be the workhorse, but I think, yeah, I think for the time being, I'll say Devin Singletary is the RB1, but James Cook is going to be mixed in, and if he's just extremely impressive, maybe just takes over that job. Yeah, uh, like, we got a fan here of Troy's. Yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, my guy, Dan, Beezy, all of them, brother Matt, shout out to y'all. Sons of Dynasty. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I so the last sure three games played, by the way, Devin Singletary was RB five. Oh, see, exactly. I'm like, I knew it was like some. I knew it was. It RB5. was. It was really good. The last, the last few games, he was just balling out, dude. Yep. I was just gonna say in PPR, he was even earning back six. That's actually impressive. That kind of blows my mind. Like Zach Wilson finishing thirteen at the end of the year last year. It really can. <laughs> You really can get small a small sample size, but yeah, it, is hey, a small sample it is kind size. of a like a mm, piques your interest, you know what I mean? Especially with these values we're getting some of these guys. But mm. yeah, um, so if you want, we can move on to our uh, big and our bad section of this uh, preview. The one we all, you know, we've really been waiting to get for, and that that's the uh, wide receivers. Yeah, so. Let's just roll through the ADP here. So Stefan Diggs for the Bills, a wide receiver five. Tyreek Hill, newbie for the for the Dolphins here, wide receiver six. We got Jalen Waddle at eighteen. Garrett Wilson, the rookie at thirty-three. Elijah Moore, teammate at thirty-seven. Gabriel Davis all the way down at wide receiver forty-three. Then Jacoby Myers at fifty-seven. Devontae Parker, newbie for the for the Patriots at 66, Jameson Crowder at 74, Corey Davis at 78, and then I just cut it off. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of receivers in this division yeah. to talk about. So um, talking here with the Dolphins, we will start off with them because, of course, the big impact trade everybody wants to talk about is Tyree Kill. And so what does the impact of him – so there's two sides to the question, right? What is the impact on his fantasy value coming from the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes have on him? And then what does his arrival have, you know, impact Jalen Waddell and and everybody else on this team, Mike Gusecki, et cetera? It's, it's a fair question, right? I feel like if to expect the Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs is you're being overly optimistic, right? I just feel like there's – it's – unrealistic for us to see the exact same numbers that he put up with Patrick Mahomes, right? Two is not that quarterback. And again, you, and also you don't have, I guess if you want to compare like the talent of Travis Kelsey, he has Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And obviously, you know, you have Tyreek Hill and Jan Waddle, but Tyreek Hill's going to come in. He's going to be wide receiver one. I think he's going to command the highest target share because you don't pay him that much money and he doesn't command that target share. But I think he's going to be, it's still a wide receiver one. I believe he's still going to be a wide receiver one. It's just how high is the ceiling, right? Or, if, mm-hmm. or worst case, maybe wide receiver 13, 14, something like that. But you're still going to draft him. He's still going to ball out. He's still Tyree Kill. And I think Jalen Waddle's good enough where if you want to comp them, you know, I guess Tyree Kill's the Debo and Jalen Waddle's the Brandon Ayuk, like they're still both going to be good. They're both not going to finish as wide receiver one. Someone's going to have to take a step back, and maybe it's maybe it's going to be Waddle. Who knows? But I think that he's still going to ball out again. The talent, they're going to focus on getting him the ball. They want him to be happy. They paid him that money. So, yeah, I'm. don't overthink it. You want to draft him, but just make sure your expectations are, you know, he's not the same Tyree Kill. He's going to be with Patrick Mahomes because he's, Freaking Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Despite yep, him Fred. saying that two is more accurate. I, mean, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> here's the thing. You should. Right? So, again, like, if you want to talk, I would never say that. I don't know why he said it. It was very no. unprompted and it was just weird. Like, it was so unnecessary. Like, I know, like, Tiger Girl has been trying to hype up Tua, which I appreciate, but I feel like it's 
almost too much. But like, like, I'm a Dolphins fan. I hope everything that Tyrese Hill is saying is right. And I believe in two as well. If you want to look at completion percentage, like if we pulled up completion percentage, two us probably has one of the best completion percentage because, again, most of his throws are short to intermediate. Mm-hmm. So I think that might play a case. And that, that's to his game, right? He's known for being accurate. But it's just, again, I think it was not a necessary comment. No one's taking Tua over Patrick Mahomes unless you no. don't know anything about football. <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'm just excited about the offense, and I'm excited to see Tua take a step forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, one just little quick note I'll add. I mean, the one outcome I can see is if they both become wide receiver ones, and this is obviously the outcome where Tua is a wide, uh, QB one. Um, it's just like you said, Tyreek, too much too much draft capital invested in the trade, too much money invested in the contract. He's going to get that high target share. And if Waddle does finish as a wide receiver one, it's going to be solely based off efficiency, not volume. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm not drafting Hill where he's where his ADP is right now. I just I have a tough time finding him even finishing at wide receiver six. I think you're buying the absolute ceiling for him in a Miami offense right now. So I, I'm out on him at, at this price. I mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, it's fair. Like again, he's very expensive right now. So <laughs> he's gonna have some massive weeks. He's gonna turn more into what he was. Like what? With two, Alex three years Smith. ago where he was just so like boomer bust and then like yeah maybe overall he finishes at like wide receiver 12 and you're like oh he's wide receiver one but it's like dude he had like four good weeks <laughs> he's amari cooper all over again like no i'm out <laughs> so i think he's a little better than amari cooper but yeah <laughs> we can we can but on. but it's the same like boom bust weeks right where it's yeah. just kind of like those boom weeks carry him into wide receiver one territory because they're like 40 point weeks because they'll score like three touchdowns but that's that's the game we love to play, Joe. <laughs> I like consistency. <laughs> so we'll move on to the uh, Jets then. Now, Elijah Moore, he was very electric, very good his rookie year. You know, Corey Davis coming around, he's he's supposed to be healthy this year. You got the new, you know, addition of Garrett Wilson, like we've uh, reiterated, um, to compete with. Um can we expect the same expectations kind of like we had last year for Elijah Moore or, or is it, you know, should we check him at the door and kind of take him back a little bit like how we are with Tyreek? I mean, where he's going, like I'm perfectly fine taking a shot on him. I feel like he just had such boom games. I don't know if we're going to see the exact same numbers, but he's going to, he's, he's going to be very good. I'll say that he's going to be very good. He's going to, I think just having Garrett Wilson and him on the team, like, I'm just very excited for Elijah Moore. I think he's going to be a value. I think I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one or anything. Like I'm not getting crazy here, but I feel like he's going to be a solid wide receiver two. And I think you're going to see probably some big weeks from him just because we we saw a little bit of the talent last year. And then Garrett Wilson, he's a rookie, but he's extremely talented too. I think we're going to see some impressive games from both of them. Which one's the wide receiver one? I don't know. I feel like in terms of just based off of talent, I think personally Garrett Wilson is more talented than Elijah Moore, but who knows? Elijah Moore could still be the wide receiver one, but I think we have to wait to see it on the field, but I'm I'm definitely excited for him this season. Can I give you – can I just love throwing these stats out because this this division screamed them as soon as I started planning it. (laughs) Elijah Moore, if you want to count the last six games played – now, of course, this is in the last six weeks, but just the last six games played for them, he was wide receiver seven in half PPR. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's like just blew my mind looking them up. I'm like, how? Because I remember them being good. We were all talking about them. And then it was like, damn, I kind of forgot how good they were. Like, until you start looking back at them, yeah, it's been six, seven months, right? We just all kind of forget. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Uh, like it's, I mean, again, until he got hurt, he was balling out. He was totally balling out. So he he seemed for a split second there, you know, with Mike White, he was quarterback proof there. <laughs> but hey, but it, he had, he had as soon as Zach Wilson came back, he had that one dud week, and then Zach Wilson was like, "Oh, yeah, I need to throw that guy the ball," and he did, <laughs> and then they figured it out. But then he got hurt, so there's nothing you can do. So it's, it's unfortunate. No. So. I, I like more. I, I still at the price. I'm probably gonna go all in on him. I, I'd 
I still would rather have him than Garrett Wilson. I know Garrett Wilson's, you know, the new shiny toy in town and, you know, he's got the draft pedigree and, you know, amazing receiver in college, but, you know, I'd rather have the guy who already has a little bit of the chemistry and has has shown, has shown it, right? I mean, that, that matters to me. Like, I just, I feel like in redraft, and I've said this before, especially on some of the team preview shows that we've done, uh, I'm probably just not going to have a lot of the rookies on, on my redraft teams this year. I just, I'm, I'm not feeling not them. Either, yeah, like I'm just not feeling them this year. They, yeah, they, no. A lot of them fell in a really bad, like, situations. Uh, situations. And the ones that didn't, you're like, but can I trust them? <laughs> you know, like Christian Watson, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, we don't know about him. Right. You know, that, that's the type of deal. It's just kind of like, ugh, he, whatever. He just kind of reminds me of MVS 2.0. <laughs> a little bit already. Yeah. The drop season camp. So, all right, let's move over, over, over here to Buffalo. And we got, um, my question is, you know, Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs, right? We all know he's good. He'll be fine. Uh, my question here is about Gabe Davis because he is the talk of the offseason on Twitter all over the place. People love him or hate him, right? He scored nine touchdowns last year, but going wide receiver 43, some people think he's the wide receiver two on the team. Some people think he's not. What is your take on this guy? Because I'll be honest, wide receiver 43, I want all the Gabriel Davis. Okay, so I've been a Gabe Davis truther for quite some time. For those who don't know, I'm UCF alum. Gabe Davis right. went to UCF, so I've been following him for quite some time. And I never even expected to get to the point where he was extremely fantasy relevant, right? And look, we everyone knows about the playoff game where he just went absolutely no good. Right? <laughs> For the most part, he didn't have a good season. But you know, there's some fair arguments, right? We had like Emmanuel Sanders like taking away targets from him, like old Emmanuel Sanders. So it's like I think he's talented. I think the Bills just have to realize that he's talented and get him the ball got more mm. consistently because we haven't seen him have a consistent target share. I think he's in a situation where he could earn a consistent target share now. I mean, I think his only thorn in his side might be, you know, Dawson Knox dealing touchdown because he was a huge red zone threat. So, and that's another, and last year, Gabe Davis, you know, made some hay about making long touchdowns, right? That was kind of what he did, but it would be nice to see him get consistent targets, right? If he could get like six, seven targets a game on a consistent Mm -hmm. basis, then we can, I feel like then we can maybe see him, you know, like live up to that hype. But I just we haven't seen it, right? We've seen him have like two targets, three targets. It's just been sporadic. But I think he – I'm excited for him. I do believe he's the wide receiver too. But I just hope that we can see some consistently from him this season because, again, that's what's been frustrating, right? We, you can see the talent, but if you don't get those consistent targets, it's hard to trust you in fantasy. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, still are a lot of mouths to feed, even on the, even on that Bills uh, receiving core. Despite him, you know, being the guy that everybody thinks is, I mean, they still got Crowder. Isaiah McKenzie is nothing to sneeze at, you know. Um, over a hundred, they, uh, they have one hundred and eighty vacated targets though. So if if they're gonna do it, I mean, I can't see Crowder getting a big chunk of that uh, no. one hundred and eighty. No. Um, so th- <laughs> this is gonna be the year, if anything, for him to finally show he can handle that consistent volume. I agree. I, I think it. I think it's got to be Gabe Davis. I don't, I don't understand how it wouldn't be. Um, so I, I'm surprised his ADP is as low as it is. I feel like I've seen it way higher. Um, this is just the the one I pulled. So it is what it is. <laughs> I'm sure it'll catch up by the time of the season. Oh, 100. percent And I know he's going much higher in best ball. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, when you're the second wide receiver in uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, you know Josh Allen led offense. So much fantasy potential there. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, th- this we'll move on to the last, uh, you know, wide receiver core in this division. Now, this one's probably the most boring and, and underrated yeah. one we've already <laughs> got. It. I, uh, you know, I already said that. Can't but, ignore you know, the seam everywhere, so we had to pull it in. Exactly. I mean, we've <laughs> got to show them at least some respect. Um, so, I mean, we had this question a lot of times when this player was in Miami, but, you know, the trade of Devontae Parker going to the Patriots um, is, I mean – they traded for somebody. He has the talent. He's much better than any probably uh, any other wide receiver they have. Is is he the trustworthy, unquestioned number one in New England? I would say I think it's hard to say at this stage of his career. Like we've seen Devontae Parker absolutely ball out. I don't know if he just walked in there as the wide receiver one. 
could he be? Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of wide receiver competition there, so I think he has a chance. Like he's going to be one of the main targets, but if he's going to be wide receiver, I don't know. Jacoby Myers seems to be, you know, the target hog on that offense. You saw Kendrick Bourne look pretty good in that offense as well. So Parker might have a role in terms of how much fantasy upside. I don't know. I don't know how much of a because it's going to be a low passing offense, right? So it's already a low passing offense. Does Parker come in and then command the higher target share? I don't know. But I do know that Mac Jones has that rapport with Meyer, Jacoby Meyer. So mm-hmm. I think I much pre- I prefer him right now at the wide receiver one. And they yeah. drafted, you know, Taekwon Thornton. And they tried to draft him in the second round. So I'm sure he's going to have some type of role in the offense. So some I'm not extremely excited about Devontae right now. I think, to me, Myers is the wide receiver one. The thing that fears me uh, or scares me most about trusting him as your number one is you always hear these stories, you know, this offense in New England, it's very complicated. It's not an easy system to learn for a wide receiver. That's why, you know, um, who was it? Uh, Muhammad Sanu, when they traded for him, you know, years ago, you know, he struggled. And that, and we all knew Muhammad Sanu could do it. But it's just a hard concept for this offensive scheme to learn that quickly. So I'm, I'm kind of with you leaning because you have the rapport, you have the chemistry. Myers knows the playbook, at least more than Devontae, I would think. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I mean, Parker's going to learn the offense, but, like, it's hard to beat rapport. And, like, again, if this was a couple of years ago, maybe Devontae Parker steps up in there. But I don't know if he just steps in there, commands the wide receiver in one position. He's going to be the X, but – and again, in the low passing offense, a not exciting offense. And I, I know there's a change in offensive coordinator, but how drastically does it change, right? I believe it's still going to be run heavy. So, yeah, I'm short, just not Short to intermediate passing game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not exciting. It, it almost makes me want to. Maybe before Parker got there, maybe you were like slightly excited to take Myers as like a flex type receiver and especially like a three receiver league, right? Because of the targets he got last year, it was like 126 yep. targets. So you were like, Oh, I mean, Hey, I'll, I'll take that, you know, as, you know, freebie receiver in a draft at that point. But then you add in Parker and you're just kind of like, well, all right, well now there's competition. <laughs> like now I don't want it. So <laughs> I, I'm just out. I just don't want it at all. Um, but let's, Finish things up here with our tight end room, and we're we'll leading the way with blanket. Dawson Knox at tight end nine, Mike Isaki at tight end twelve, Hunter Henry at tight end thirteen, and CJ Uzoma at tight end thirty-three. Newbie for the Jets, and um, yeah, Mike, start it off, man. Yeah, so I'm. I have to apologize. This is going to be a little bit of a vague question, but it's absolutely relevant. Um, like we stated, 180 vacated targets. Dawson Knox had a breakout season last year. Is he going to continue that? So the thing about Dawson Knox is that he didn't make his bread and butter by getting consistent targets. He did on the back of touchdowns. I believe he had like seven or eight touchdowns, right? So that's what worries me a little bit about Dawson Knox. Thankfully, he's a tight end. So for tight ends, it doesn't take a lot to be in the top 12. You just got to score touchdowns or see targets. You don't have to necessarily do both. But – I would say that it shouldn't look too much different. I, I think Josh Allen's still going to look to him in the red zone. So, But I feel like you're hoping that he continues to get those touchdowns because do we see his targets you know, rising on a per-game basis? Uh, if they do rise, it's not going to be significant. So yeah, I feel like he needs those touchdowns, which I think he can get them in this offense. So I'm – because like, he's also in that kind of tight end dead zone in drafts too, right? Like, you know, it's yeah. like the middle tier. So the middle tier can get dangerous, right? If you don't hit, either if you don't get a top guy, you almost, if you don't get one of the top guys, it's almost better to wait for like a later guy. Like I'd much rather like a Cole Komet, for example, right? A guy who I know is going to get targets, even though he didn't score any touchdowns last year. Like I'd much rather skip over Dawson Knox and get someone like that. But just speaking about Dawson Knox though, I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be a tight end one. It's just where in that tight end one spectrum is he going to fall? We'll see. But I would like to see him get more consistent targets each game. So Dawson Knox actually caught nine touchdowns nine. off 49 receptions. Oh, an wow. absurd number. I mean, this screams 
Regression. Regression, right? The not the good kind. <laughs> I mean, this just reminds me of um, Robert Tunyon two years ago, right? Yeah, like caught a ton of touchdowns. I think it was off of like fifty five receptions that year. It was just, and everybody was like, "Oh, but but he but it's Rogers' guy." Apparently not. <laughs> I mean, granted, he got hurt, <laughs> but before that, he wasn't he wasn't coming through anyway. So like. This this one scares me with him, and and uh, I feel like you you watched a few of our team preview shows because we talked about Knox and the same thing, and we were like, once I if I haven't taken my tight end by this point, I'm probably not gonna reach for Knox because you know you're gonna get to the point in drafts where everybody's like, oh, I'm just gonna wait, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait, and then they're gonna like sort of like panic pick their last tight end so they're not stuck with the last one, and Knox will be one of those guys, right? And he'll go earlier. Then he probably should in drafts just because of that. And to where you could wait and literally take the last guy. Nobody is going to take a backup tight end. At least they shouldn't. And yeah, I'd be perfectly happy with a Cole commit or something like that. Somebody who might get more targets, right? And maybe have a safer, safer floor. And then look, if that doesn't work out, go get next year's Dawson Knox off waiver wire in week two because nobody drafted Dawson Knox last year, by the way. So, yeah. you know, those guys always show up. Logan Thomas two years ago, right? Those guys always show up. So you just gotta you just gotta feel it out, you know. Just go get somebody with a safer floor in your draft at the back end, tight end, and then figure it out. That's that's always how I play it. Unless I go out and get you know Andrews or Kelsey, but I feel like that's not gonna be my deal this year. But I want to move over to New England here, and you know, last year we went into this team thinking like, oh, Johnny Smith and Hunter had to be a big one-two punch. We're gonna see you know the duo tight end room for New England coming back, and man. It didn't work out that way. Uh, they tried, and it just failed miserably. And then they just started throwing the ball to Henry a bunch, and it and it you know it worked out at the end of the year. Another guy, by the way, who had nine touchdowns off fifty catches. So, um, so I guess you know we'll probably we, we could probably just re you know, regurgitate exactly what we said about Knox with with Henry. But that's not my question. My question is, do you see Jono Smith getting back involved in this offense at all? Because I think. I still think this dude's talented. I just don't know what happened last year. It's just who's going to be the offensive coordinator. That's another thing. It's like we don't know in New England. That's a problem. We have no big, idea. Big problem. No judge. I'm extremely terrified if it's Matt Patricia. <laughs> like we don't know who it's going to be, so that's scary. So I they should. I feel like they should learn from their mistake last year because John, who is such a good blocker, he was mm. asked to block so much, so he wasn't put out. You know for catching and then hunter yeah. henry is i think is better in that role and that's why you know, mac jones was looking to him in the ed zone and i think he's going to continue so if i had to choose i much much prefer henry i feel like i don't want to touch john new unless i'm in a two tight end league or if it's tight end premium and he's a late pick or something like that but even then it's scary know, he's, he's, he's <laughs> invisible to me at this moment and so like i'm perfectly fine like passing on him if he ends up being good so be it but like based off what i saw i have zero confidence that he's gonna look like the john we think he could be yeah he, has, he needs, he he needs has, to move teams in order to get back to that he's got to be one of the highest paid uh tight ends just to block i mean four years 50 mil when they and exactly you pay him all that money just to block and this nah. it's it's quite disappointing um, but yep, I agree right with you, uh, Janu. I just can't see it. And Hunter Henry, like just like we said, we can regurgitate it with Dawson Knox. He's probably going to be just the same, you know, in a lower scoring offense. Um, so yeah. we can move on to Miami's. You know, this is this is the bell, of the ball for tight ends right here. Mike Jacecki still finished as a tight end one last season, despite only co- scoring twice. Now, with these weapons, you know, this offense expected to take a step forward. I mean, can we see this uh, touchdown total positively regress? I mean, in terms of totals, I just, I'm excited for him just because I think he's going to be a tight end one again. He's been a tight end one for God knows how many years in a row. But I feel like after, I think outside of his, like, rookie year or something like that, he's been living in tight end one land. So this offense – Obviously, he's not George Kittle, but if it looks anything like the San Francisco offense, maybe, you know, we might see – we should see him being involved, right? Because I don't think they're going to ask him to block that much. I mean, look, there's going to be a run first team, and he's going to have to block a little bit. But we know that he's 
a very good receiver. And I think that the coverage, you're going to have to worry about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Like, your resources are going to be stretched thin. And that's going to leave better coverage for Mike Isecki. So I think he could benefit from that as well. So I like him as a late guy, too. I feel like nobody wants him. So yep. he's he's kind of in that middle tier of tight end, too, but towards the back end and turn – sorry – middle tier of tight end one but i I like him i'm not just saying because i'm a homer i think that he's somebody if you're waiting on tight end i would try to target him i've always been a big psyche fan uh i watched a lot of him in college and thought he'd be a baller when he got into the pros and just unfortunately it has never fully happened um like at least fantasy wise like i think i think he's good but you know last year we saw him get 111 targets um, and he caught 73 for, and he only caught two touchdowns. So I think, you know, I, and that those were all career highs for him and, and, and great for him. I, I think what we could see this year, right, is maybe a, le- a little bit fewer targets, a little bit fewer catches, but then the touchdowns sort of go back to where they were before. But then I think we're kind of left with the same player when it all kind of balances back out. So we still got to be in that back end tight end one range. And yeah, I mean, it's not going to like really do a whole lot for you. He's going to have, you know, some, you know, 14, 10, 12 point weeks in half PPR. And then he's going to have some four point weeks in half PPR. And so that's just kind of the world you live in with Gusecki, I feel like. And so, you know, adding Hill, yeah, I could take away some coverage. But unless he breaks out for like nine, ten touchdowns, like we see with some of these other tight ends, it's just gonna be. I think it's gonna be hard for him to be consistent, and that's what you get with those tight ends after the after the first what four, five, maybe. Uh, they're all kind of touchdown dependent at that point. And Kaseki is exactly one of those, in my opinion. So, yeah, he he sounds like he's kind of in that tight end dead zone that we were talking about. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, all, all these tight ends in this division kind of are, and then and then some, so even farther back behind that. But, uh, Troy, something I didn't put on the sheet, but I'm going to surprise you with it. Give us your division standings prediction. Just give us the order. Sure. Bills, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. Mike? Bills, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. Man, I'm going to be chalk. I'm going with Troy. Bills, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. Think I might swap the Pats and the Dolphins. Sorry, Troy. That was the one I was thinking about, but I just—they got more talent. They just only because no coaching, man. I just feel like I'm just—I'm still. Tua's got to take a step forward for me to like really believe that that even the additions they made on offense are going to matter. And you know, New England's going to bring it on defense. They just do. So, uh, but. I the, the, those those two are close, man. It could literally be like this. I, it's like, they can't, I guess they can't go seven and nine anymore. So whatever it is, I don't know. I'm not used to the 17 game schedule anymore or yet. No. But what, they, I mean, they could go like, you know, what eight and nine and seven and ten. I mean, it, or you know, whatever it is, right? They could go nine and eight and eight and nine. I don't know. It's that they could be that close. It, it, that's you, a coin flip for me. You discredit how good the defense was for Miami at the end of the year last year. It's, it's always it's been good for a while. Again, like the Dolphins' defense is going to be solid. The running game is going to be solid. The offensive line is going to be improved. Like, I think they deserve the second spot. I, right. I, I don't I don't disagree. I just I I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just that's my that's my feeling on it. But anyway, uh, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate you for joining us tonight, and I uh, want to give you a chance to let. Everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and what you got going on this season, man. Sure. So you guys can find me at T King Mode on Twitter. You can find my work over at Football Guys. You can also find me at T King Mode on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. But yeah, you're gonna see me. So I have a mailbag show every Wednesday at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Dave Kluge and Victoria Geary. So we answer all your questions. So we're doing it in the off season, but in season we'll be Obviously, when things are really matter and relevant, so make sure to check that out every set Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And you'll see them articles from me, collab articles, solo articles, et cetera. But, yeah, and, and again, I appreciate you guys inviting me on. This was a fun show.
Yeah, man. Uh, great talking to you and uh, looking forward to seeing you at the Fantasy Football Expo. Hey, Absolutely. and look, I know not everybody here, you know, listening is is uh, analysts. Just to remind you, if you do not know about the Fantasy Football Expo, you are invited, even if you are not an analyst. This was a big thing last year that happened. People didn't think they were invited because they weren't an analyst. Please come. We want to meet you. That's the whole point of it. Like, we want to meet you. The fans, we love to meet you all. So please come out. It's actually not expensive. Just you know, you just got to get there, and you know, it's like what twenty dollars for Sunday. Like it's awesome, dude. It was a, such a great time to be able to see and meet everybody that we got to meet. And Troy, you were one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's not much to visit in Cleveland, but you got the Hall of Fame there too. You can make it a two. Yeah, you can. It's a big football weekend. So, all right, Troy. I uh, thank you for coming on again. And uh, yep, we'll have to, we'll have to do it again soon, man. See ya. Absolutely. Hell of, a, hell of a good time. Peace out. All right, Mike. Uh, so, yeah, we're just over an hour, so I think we should just uh, cool that with nice. that, man. I think what's what's the order next week? I, I closed the stupid oh, nice. spreadsheet. Next oh. week, I believe we're doing it on an off day because I'm on vacation. But um, we are bringing on Chris AFC Allen. North. Chris Allen. We're going to be doing it either on um, I got to talk, but we're either going to be doing it on Friday or Saturday next week, I believe. So yep, 20, we are uh, 26. Yeah, we, we will, we will figure that out and I will announce it. I got to talk to Chris about it. Uh, so sorry, Saturday or Sunday, I suppose. So yeah, we'll figure it out. Also, hopefully AJ starts feeling better. That might play a part in it, but, uh, we will be doing that show as well, but it will not be Thursday. So, uh, stay tuned for that. But, um, Let's close it out, man. Let's let's do this.